Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for mothers. Thank you, as Mike prayed, God, just, just, we just ask for a blessing and favor um, on all the moms here. And also, Lord, just for all, the, all that comes with today, God. We, we do know today can be hard and difficult for many of us. And Jesus, we're just so thankful for your presence, for your gentle heart. And Lord, as we continue in this series looking at, at just the truth of how you change everything and trying to walk in that truth, God, I pray that you would speak through your commission today. I pray that all of us, Lord, in this moment would just listen to you, that we would be open to your word to us. We would walk out energized, rested, and excited for life with you. In your name we pray, amen. This morning we are continuing our Jesus Changes Everything series, looking at different implications that rise. Implications is a fancy word to say, you know, what grows out of this statement. And the implication that we're looking at today is this idea of empowerment. And as you think about being empowered, as you think about going, my question that I want you to think about is, how are you going? Eddie and our teaching team said that this is actually in Australia. Instead of saying, how are you doing? You say, how are you going? And I, I wish I could give you a good Australian accent. I don't have one, okay? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend. How are you going? As you go in life, what is your attitude? What is your posture? What are you going after? I know for me, thinking about my family and thinking about my five kids and my wonderful wife and, and our going, oftentimes we have these ideas that our going is gonna be just really, really sweet and wonderful. And then we all get in the car and we're starting to drive and I don't know what happened. Just the other day we were going to a baseball game and we were all, we, we, we left early. My son Tristan is usually in the top of the lineup and we didn't want to miss his at bat and so we, we left 15 minutes early and, we, and we're driving up to, to uh, this mountain school to, to watch him play baseball and the kids start kind of arguing as they typically do in the back and I'm starting to kind of try to correct them from the back and yell at them from the back and we get to the school and we, and we see the bus, and we see the girls' softball team, and our team's not there. And we're looking around, and we're driving around, and we're wondering where they are, and so I, Brianna calls somebody, and I call somebody, to find out, oh, we're at the wrong place. And then I open up my big mouth, and I say, well, you know, if we had just gotten directions, if we had just gotten the address, maybe we wouldn't have done that, right? And then, and then Brianna said, oh, now it's my fault, right? And now we're all, and, now, and we're, we're just trying to get to a, ball, a, a baseball game. I remember we're driving and we see a sign and it says, smile, be happy. <laughs> it seems oftentimes, as we think about how we're going, it seems like life, or just, just general, like simple things in life cause us to get distracted and cause us to miss out on how we're going. And today I wanna talk to you about what I believe Jesus is speaking into you and speaking into me in how we should be going in life, in how you are going, 
and how we are going. You see, we've been talking about this implication that if Jesus changes everything, everyone should be welcomed to him. Because Jesus changes everything, everyone is welcome to him, everyone should be growing in him, we talked about this last week, and everyone is empowered by him. He is the one who's changing everything. He is the one, because he's welcomed me, we must welcome others, because he is the one who is changing, if I am in a relationship with him, I should be growing. And today we're looking at this passage in Matthew when Jesus is talking to his disciples. Now, here when I say everyone, I'm not literally saying every single person on the planet is empowered. We're talking about the church. We're talking about everyone who has been welcomed, everyone who has put their faith in Jesus, everybody who has accepted his presence in their life, who is growing in him, who is abiding in him. These the last two weeks we talked about that they are, hear this, empowered. That if you are in a right relationship with the Lord, if he is your Lord, if he is your savior, if you have, him, if you have professed your faith in Jesus, you are empowered by him. This is a reality in this text that we're looking at. In this text, in Matthew 28, these are Jesus' final words to his disciples. He has died, he has resurrected, and he gives these parting words to his disciples and they're powerful words. In this, it seems to me, I, I wanna focus on three things. There's a mission, there's a target, and there's a vision here. In businesses, we always talk about these things, right? What's your mission? What's your vision? What, what's the demographic that you're targeting? Seems to me that we see this. Jesus, Jesus understood these important pieces, and th this commission is his commission to the church. I believe with all my heart that every church that you ever go to, when you're looking on the wall at their mission statements and their vision statements, they are all centered upon this mission, this this, this commission from Jesus is for his church. And so here, what's the mission? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In this passage, that seems to be, there's quite a lot of imperatives. But if you look at the Greek, there is one main imperative. There's participles. Participles is like adding the I-N-G. And so you have three participles, going, teaching, baptizing. Those are participles. But the main mission of the church is what? To make disciples. Turn to the person next to you and say, make disciples. Make disciples. When we think about the mission from Jesus, when we think about what is it that we're running after as a church that he has told us to do, that he is empowering us to do, it's to make disciples of Jesus. Now listen to that. I did not say to make disciples of Logan. I did not say to make disciples of Billy Graham. I did not say to make disciples of Charles Spurgeon or, or I did not say to make disciples of Beth Moore or make disciples of Kay Warren or whatever it may be. I, we are a people who are making disciples of who? Jesus. This is important. 
When Jesus said to make disciples, he said to make disciples. He's talking about, he's talking to his disciples. And a disciple is what? The word there is a learner. It's somebody who is growing, and in, in, in the Hebrew days, it was, it was somebody who was in the dust of the rabbi, somebody who was not just teaching, not just learning from the rabbi, he was with the rabbi. He was in a relationship with the rabbi, and when Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, he's telling you, he's telling me, if we believe that Jesus changes everything, we are empowered to be a people who are in the business of making disciples. We're in the business of wanting everyone to be growing in Jesus. We're in the business of welcoming everyone into this relationship with Jesus, it's okay to not be okay, but you don't stay there because you're growing in Jesus, amen? And so we see here first the mission. We wanna make it very clear. If somebody says, what is the mission of the church? I believe you can never go wrong if you just say it's to make disciples. Who? Is it just to make disciples of people that look like you, people that talk like you, people that walk like you, people that squawk like you? No, it's everyone. In this passage, he says to make disciples of what? All nations. All people. In this, as Jesus is talking to his disciples, this probably made the disciples a little uncomfortable. But it also shouldn't have been a surprise to them. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You see, this promise was not new. If you read your Bibles and you look at the story of God, starting in Genesis, we see the creation, we see the fall, and then we see this guy named Abraham come into the story. Do you guys remember the story of Abraham? Call him Father Abraham. Had many sons, many sons had fall. Someone started singing, I couldn't help it. And the story of Abraham, God shows up to Abraham, and God basically tells Abraham, listen, you guys have sinned against God, you've fallen, but I'm gonna do something new, and I'm gonna use you, Abraham. And he says this to Abraham, he says, now the Lord said to Abraham, go. Does that sound familiar? He said to Abraham, go, and what did he say? He said, from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you, Abraham, a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Many would look at this passage and scholars say when he says that you will be a blessing, many take this as an imperative, meaning you will bless. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families, you could also say all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And we read the story, and we see the, the family of Abraham growing, and we follow it in the Old Testament all the way up to Christ, and we follow it in his teachings, and we learn that he is the one who this promise is gonna be fulfilled and completed in. 
And so we see this happening. One of the, a commentator had some great words on this. Uh, Christopher Wright, I wanted to read this to you. It's a little long, but I thought it was good. Listen to this. He said this. If we are in Christ, we not only share in the blessing of Abraham, we are commissioned to spread the blessing of Abraham. The message of Genesis 12, one through three is this, go and be a blessing. And all nations will be blessed through you. Is that not a great commission? Is it not in fact the foundation of which the whole thrust of God's mission, including what is usually referred to as the great commission in Matthew 28 is based? When God set about his great project of world redemption, He chose to do so not by whisking individuals off up to heaven, but by calling into existence a community of blessing. Starting with one man and his barren wife, then miraculously transforming them into a large family within several generations, then into a nation called Israel, and then through Christ into a multinational community of believers from every nation. All through the story of God has been molding a people for himself, but also a people for others. Christopher Wright, Mission of Mission of God's people, isn't this true? We see here, as Jesus is giving this mission to us, it's a part of God's story. It's a part of blessing and going and sharing this. And so maybe you're asking, okay, how? How do we accomplish this mission? I get it, I love that mission statement, that's great, make disciples. I'm a little overwhelmed. Well, Jesus doesn't stop there, he also gives us vision. Vision is how we're gonna get to the mission. And the vision is this, spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. The empowering comes by and through his spirit and in his truth. Look at what he says here. We see, I I believe here, two signs to this idea of spirit and truth in Matthew 28. He says, go therefore and make what? Disciples of all nations, and then how? Baptizing, this is a participle, baptizing, an ongoing work that you're doing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching, baptizing and teaching. What do we mean when we say baptizing? What does baptizing mean? I mean, think about what baptizing is. In baptism, whether it's having sprinkling water on somebody or dunking them and pulling them back out, it's a symbol of what we believe God has done. Baptism is a visible sign of what we believe has happened in the believer, the person who has been welcomed to Christ, the person who has confessed their faith in Christ, says they are a new creation, Jesus has changed everything, behold, the new has come. And so baptism is the spirit changing someone. It is being changed by Jesus. It is a picture of a new creation. And so as we think about 
making disciples, we recognize that the more that we proclaim the goodness, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the more that we proclaim that he has died, that he has resurrected, that he offers forgiveness of sin and eternal life, that he offers eternal life changing right now truth to the kingdom, and people accept that, we're gonna hear stories of being changed, amen? We're gonna hear stories of people who once were in darkness but are now living in light. We're gonna hear stories of people who thought they never could but now they can. Because the Spirit is promised in baptism. See, the Spirit is baptizing as someone is changed by Jesus. We believe that they are baptized on their regeneration by the Spirit. They are a new creation. And so why would we not be in the business of baptizing? Now we recognize when we baptize somebody, are we doing anything? Is the water like holy water? Like if, like if, if we sprinkle it all of a sudden, it's like boom, they're a new creation. Amen. No. It's a sign of what God has done. It's actually a confession of faith. It's saying, the Lord has done something in me. I want the world to know, and I want the world to see what Christ has done. And So yes, we we are a people who are constantly about this truth, that we are a changed people. And so part of making disciples is baptizing people. John Calvin, as he was talking about that, there's a lot of questions about, well, why do we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? There's a lot of debate about, you know, why don't we, in other places, we baptize in the name of Jesus? He said this, I thought this was helpful. He said, there are good reasons why the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are expressly mentioned in the Great Commission. For there is no other way in which the efficacy, efficacy means like it's, it's the changing, the power, which the efficacy of baptism can be expressed than when we begin with the unmerited mercy of the Father, who reconciles us to himself by the only begotten Son. Next, Christ comes forward with the sacrifice of his death, and at length the Holy Spirit is likewise added, by whom he washes and regenerates us, and in short, makes us partakers of his benefits. We see the gospel in even just proclaiming the Father, Son, and Spirit, amen? And so in this story, we see also that when the, we believe that when you are baptized, you are a new creation and you have the Spirit of God living in you, you have the fruits of the Spirit growing and you're also given gifts. You're also given gifts for his glory and his good. In Acts 1-7, we learn of this. It said, Jesus was talking to his disciples. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. They're asking, when is all this change gonna happen? He said, but you will receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in where? Jerusalem and in all Judea and Sumeria and to the ends of the earth. So we are a people who believe that yes, we are about making disciples in spirit and truth. That when someone confesses their faith, they have the spirit of God in them, teaching them the word, doing his work in them, growing them in him. But we're also about truth. 
Oftentimes we read the Great Commission and we make it all about just being like, go and baptize as many people as you can. Just get them to Jesus. And we miss that Jesus, he, he's, in this mission and this vision, he also says that not only are you to baptize them, you're also, he says, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Because my people are not only to be uh, entered into the kingdom, they're also to be obeying the ways of the king. So we have spirit and then we have truth, teaching. Seems to me teaching could be summarized by just saying, learning from Jesus. Learning from Jesus. As we think about what it means to be an empowered people to make disciples, we want to be a people that are living in spirit and truth, that we are constantly proclaiming the excellencies of God, that we are constantly proclaiming the good news, that anyone can get in on this. All you must do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and you will be saved. And when you do that, you will be growing. And when you do that, you will be empowered and you will be learning. And we miss this part. One of the great theologians, a guy named uh, Dallas Willard, he talks about this spiritual formation that we believe happens in the people of God. That when you confess your faith in Jesus, he's gonna be growing in you and he's gonna be teaching you and you're at his feet learning from him. We are learning together and we miss this sometimes in the Western church. You see, we read this and we make the Great Commission, Jesus' words to his disciples, we make it about conversion. It says, go and make conversions of all people. See, God's in the business of conversion. We are in the business of making disciples, of listening and learning and growing together. And a disciple is someone who is growing and learning. Look at what Dallas Willard says in this quote. I thought it was really good. He said, the greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who, by profession or culture, are identified as Christians will become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of the heavens into every corner of human existence. We must be a people who say, yes, our, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus. Our target is everyone. Our vision is spirit and truth, and we do that by teaching and baptizing. So my question for you, question for me, goes back to what we started with. If Jesus is telling you and I, this is the great commission, hear this, it's not the great suggestion. He's not saying this commission to just his disciples because in Jesus' sovereign understanding, he knows that these disciples are gonna make disciples and make disciples and make disciples and make disciples and make disciples. That's how his kingdom has grown. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you are a part of this commission. And he's telling you and he's telling me today, go. Go. Make disciples. All people. Declare these good news. Teach these good news, this good news. 
So as we ask this question, how are we going? I'd like you to consider, where is Jesus calling you to serve in his church? Where is he calling you to serve in his church? We believe that Jesus empowers us on mission. He's not empowering you alone. He's given you gifts. He's given you gifts of, by his spirit. He's given you passions. You have been uniquely created with gifts and, and wonderful abilities. And where are you using those gifts for his kingdom? Where are you using those gifts as a part of the body of Christ that's all about making disciples? This is not meant to be just something that we are doing on our own. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, we are going together. We are going together. One of the Bible Project videos, it talks about this, they say this, they say, the gospel authors don't just want their readers to know about the good news of God's kingdom, they want them to become a part of it. We are going together. I think this is so true, especially on today on Mother's Day. I think about the moms who are such a, important part of the church making disciples. And all the simple little things, all the ways that we demonstrate the love of Jesus, and we see the love and care of Jesus in our mom, and the sacrifices that are made. And as you think about this question, I truly believe if you are a disciple of Christ and you have been called to this church, God is calling you to serve in some way. And you have gifts. And maybe it's in the nursery. Maybe it's with hospitality. Maybe it's up here on stage. Maybe it's with the production crew. Maybe it's in prayer. Maybe it's in helping with the teaching team. Maybe it's in something that like we haven't even thought of yet. You see this garden outside? It's growing. That's because Andrew from our church said, we need a garden. And we said, oh yeah, well, if Jesus is empowering you to do that, let's do that together. And now we're, we're working on a garden. I truly believe that God has work for us to do and we're called to do this together. We're called on mission together. In Ephesians 4, Paul writes about this. He says, he who descended, Christ, descended, he's talking about when he came to us, is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens. Now he's sitting on the throne reigning that he might fill all things. And what did he do? When he ascended, he gave us the great commission. And what does it say? It says that he gave the apostles, the ones that we learn from, the ones that give us the, the, this, this word here. He gave us the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So as you think on this today, this, I don't think reading the Great Commission means that every single one of you needs to go be a missionary in a third world country. 
I'm not saying it doesn't mean that for some of you. But I do know that every single follower of Jesus is a sent person. If you're saved, you're sent. You're not sent alone, you're sent together. We are a sent people. So how are we going? Perhaps that means helping out with VBS or perhaps the youth group or I just encourage you to think through this. If this is your church, you need to be on mission with us. We gotta do this. Secondly, how are you going? How are you going? Who is Jesus empowering you to bring to him? This week in our reading plan, we're gonna read of a story of these friends. And it says that they had a friend who was a paralytic. He couldn't walk. And there was these crowds that were all around Jesus and they, and they just knew that if they just get their friend to Jesus, he changes everything, he would heal him. But they couldn't figure out how to do it. So what do they do? It says that they bring their friend up on the roof of the house that Jesus is teaching. And do you guys remember this story? And it says that they cut a hole in the roof. And they lowered their friend. Could you imagine the friend being like, guys, what are you doing? I don't know if this is a good idea. Because they just wanted to get their friend to Jesus. And sure enough, Jesus interacts with him. He forgives him of his sins. He heals him. And I think so many of us, we have friends right now. Someone that the Lord may be putting on your heart that you know that doesn't know Jesus. And the Lord is telling you today, what are you gonna do to bring them to him? You are a sent person. You hold this treasure. It's, it's the greatest treasure. It's the gospel of the kingdom. How are you going to share it? And as you think through that, maybe there's a little anxiety in you. Maybe there's a little bit of, well, if I say this, they, they may no longer be my friend. Well, that's a lot of work. I'll be honest, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Friends, the beauty of our great commission is that we are not commissioned alone. We miss what Jesus is doing here. We start the commission with just the therefore. We say, therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. All right, go team, break. And we miss that Jesus Christ, our Lord, in this commission, he starts and he ends with him. Look at what it says. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given me. I am the one who changes everything. I'm the only one who died and conquered death. The second person of the Trinity, God himself, Jesus Christ our Lord, came down from heaven, lived a perfect life, shed his righteous blood for you and me on a cross so that we could receive his righteous blood. Resurrected is reigning. He says, all authority is given me. I am the son of man. That's what Jesus says. 
I'm the one who changes everything. So because of that, because Jesus is real, because Jesus is God, because Jesus is living right now in this moment, right now, today, on this Mother's Day, go. And make disciples of all nations. And then what does he say? And behold, I love that word behold. Behold, this is a good thing. I am with you. Always. Beloved, it's a little overwhelming thinking about doing this in our own depravity. But we don't. We are called to do this together. I remember driving home from the baseball game with my five kids, my beautiful wife. I had, I had a moment, and I was just really thankful for Brianna. I was just really thankful. We were all pretty tired. We went to Casaro's Pizza, which by the way, if you haven't been there yet, it's pretty wonderful. Pretty great ar arcades. I remember just thinking like, I'm just so grateful for my wife. I'm just so grateful that as we're going, as messy as it can be, even with sometimes I don't say things the right ways, Sometimes I don't provide the best Mother's Days. Sorry, honey. But like we're together. And how much more is Christ our Lord telling you? God has a story for humanity. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of a people who once lived in a garden in perfect unity with him. And it's a story of sin and a story of falling and a story of God saying, I'm gonna bless the people through you. I'm gonna be a blessing. And we are a part of that story and we don't do it alone, we do it together. We do it with the fruits of his spirit. We do it in spirit and truth. And I would encourage, exhort you today as you think about how you're gonna be faithful to the mission and the vision that God has given his church to be sure that you're doing it in Christ, to be sure that you're doing it with Christ. In a few moments, we're gonna sing a song. It's a song called Great is Thy Faithfulness. I thought about singing a song about, you know, go, 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 do, 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 and I love those songs. But then I just thought about like this moment right now that we're about to have. I thought about all your families and all your neighborhoods and all your workplaces and all your dreams and all your aspirations and all your giftings and all your passions. And I thought about what would be better than to us just sing to the faithful God that is every morning as we rise up, some mornings you're gonna rise up and as the sun rises, it's, it's not gonna feel like it's gonna be, it, it might feel like one of those Mondays. Some mornings when you wake up, you may be overwhelmed at just what life is hitting you with. You may be overwhelmed by grief or pain or a hurt or a habit or a, a hang up. But we have a God who is faithful 
who says, morning by morning new mercies I see. All that I need thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. I just want, church, us to leave today empowered on mission by our faithful God. And to be excited that Jesus changes everything. And if he does, we believe he does. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's growing. And everyone is empowered. Receive that power. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, you are faithful. You have demonstrated your faithfulness through your death on a cross. And your defeat of that death. And Lord, I just know that, that for many of us, this is hard. I pray, Lord, that as we sing of your faithfulness, God, that in only the ways that you can, that your spirit would do a work. I pray, God, that as we think about how you are empowering us, I pray, Spirit of God, that you would empower that you would show us the way forward, that you would show us, Lord, as, as, you, as, you, as you think about, as we think about who we're called to go and share this good news, I pray, Spirit of God, you'd put someone on our hearts. I pray, Jesus, you would show us how we bring them to you. I pray, Jesus, that you would remind us that you are everywhere. And Lord, we just wanna be your church, and we are so grateful that we get to sing songs that are true. And I pray, Lord, in this moment, as we sing together here in this place and online, I ask God that you would do a strengthening work in your people as you send us out with your beautiful mission. In your name we pray, amen.